0: Hello, you're listening to Connect, Collaborate and Create with Lisa and Devo.
1: Each week on our podcast, we will discuss and dissect ways we are attempting to live our best life through our business, our personal lives, and connections and relationships we forge that make us successful.
0: Thank you for joining. Uh, I'm Devo. I am the owner of Fusion Photography and Sprout Connectors. This is my partner in crime, Lisa. Staff, you want to introduce yourself? I'm
1: used to
0: Staff. <laughs> so, thank you for joining um we are hoping this will become a repeat uh weekly exercise and this is our second one um believe it or not we actually the first one was on a different platform so we switched over to demio because we wanted to be able to share content with you and in the post-production aspect of it but for whatever reason right now we're having some issues so i'm assuming everyone can hear us if you can't we have a message board on the should be on the right side if you're staring at your screen. A message board. Um, if you have specific questions for the presenters, that's probably the best way to do it. We'll try to get through all the questions. We have four fantastic speakers online today. Uh, the first of the first on on the list is Leah McCarthy, and she owns Downtown Catering Company as well as Downtown Deli. They are in Bluffton, South Carolina. She has a list of accolades. Um, in terms of best catering restaurant, and she's on the Inc. 5000 as best restaurants and a a list of other accolades that that are in the registration link if you'd like to reread them. But she's going to talk to us a little bit about today what she's calling her five C's. And really, in essence, it's how to show up in life as a business owner and a leader in the community during a crisis. And one of the things that I I would like, and I'll I'll let you kind of talk in a second, is I met Leah uh, several months back. We did an Instagram workshop for her for her company. And one of the things that I was most impressed about is her her ability to kind of wrap her head around a variety of different elements of running a business as opposed to just kind of in her own bubble of running a restaurant. And she's involved in the community. She's part of Chamber of Commerce as a leadership in that council. She is a community leader in philanthropic organizations that she, in the Bluffton and Lowcountry oh, yeah. area. And she's going to talk a little bit to us about kind of what she's doing and how she has pivoted and adapted during this crazy crisis period and how you can be involved in some of that as well.
2: I think you covered that.
0: Hey, so Leah, you're up. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, great. If someone can just quickly in the chat, maybe just make sure that um, that I am live and you can hear me. Okay. Are, are we good? We can hear you. Okay. Awesome. So good morning, everybody. I'm really glad to have this opportunity to present um, with all these amazing thought leaders I wanted to share what I called my five C's to get through this this crisis in this moment right now. Um, One of the very first things I did as a business owner was I decided to collaborate. And collaboration at this point is crucial to your business. And the people that I collaborated with were people who initially throughout my you know, 16 years of being a business owner, um, I thought, no, I I can't talk to them. They're my competition. But that's not what the world is right now. It's about bringing those people that once they were your competition, but now they're your friends, they're your allies. And so what I did was I reached out to everybody in my industry in the area and I said, let's get our minds together. How are we going to overcome this? What are we going to do? What is it that you're working on? Let me tell you what I'm working on and let's see how we can pivot in this industry as a whole and get through this. So collaboration with others is key. And not only in your marketplace, but now is the perfect time to reach out via social media channels, send those DM messages to other leaders in your industry and say, what is it that you guys are doing? Can we jump on a call? Can you share? Give me some ideas and ways that you're working around this. So it's all about collaboration. Collaboration is the very first thing because we're in this together. The second thing is communicate. So we all communicate as business leaders, as workers every single day. But number one, uh, we decided that our staff really needed to hear from us constantly. It's scary for us, but it's really scary for them not to know what's going on. Do they have a job? How is it that we are protecting them during this crisis? So what we did is we set up a secure um, password-protected page on our website that was accessed just from our staff only. And so I took all the information that I was collecting, whether it was um, resources, um, you know, links to unemployment agencies, grants that they can get, and we we threw it all onto a secure page for them to go to. So that was like our communication channel for them. So number one, communicate with your staff. Communicate with people that you're working with and communicate with your family. Um, I have three kids at home a high schooler, middle schooler, and a six year old who's in kindergarten. So I needed to sit them all down in the beginning and say, okay, we need to see how we're going to work through this together as a family. Um, you know, mom's going to be working at home. Dad's gonna be working at home more. So how are we gonna get through this with each other? So communicating to them what your daily schedule is, what it is that you need from them, and how um, you can show up as you know as a mom or a husband or wife, whatever your position is at home. And then the third part of the communication channel is to your customers. So they want to hear from you and they don't want to hear, you know, woe is me. This is a sad time. You know, they're getting inundated with negativity right now. So you want to be uplifting. You want to tell them, Hey, yeah, there is something going on, but this is what we're doing for you. This is how we're repositioning ourselves. So when you're putting yourself out there through um, social media, stay upbeat, stay positive. They want to know that you have their best interest in mind and Um, you want them to know what it is that you're doing to protect them um, and and keeping them protected. So as a business owner um, of a restaurant, it was crucial that we let them know ways that we're sanitizing extra hand washing um, stations of, you know, uh, Clorox wipes or hand sanitizer, show them, not just tell them, but show them. I don't know if you guys got inundated with emails from probably every company that you have, you know, um, links with, of just words and words and words. What we wanted to do was show them through pictures, through videos, through stories. This is what we're doing. We're cleaning on the daily. We're cleaning on the hourly. So communication is key. So first, collaborate. Secondly, communicate. And then the third thing is continuity. Now is not the time to rebuild your business into something else. Now is the time to just pivot. So it's not about re-envisioning um, yourself, relaunching yourself as something new. Now is a time to stay to true to what it is that you do anyway. So have that continuity. Don't shift too much. You just want to adapt to the new normal. Um, and then the fourth thing is have some compassion for yourself. In the beginning, uh, I know that we probably all went into a lot of headspace of what if, what if, what if, but. It's not about what if, it's, it's getting your mind clear enough to think clearly. You want to give yourself permission to be human, permission to have those feels, to be scared, to be worried. It is okay. But just the clearer your mind is, the more as a business owner, that you're going to be able to see those opportunities that are ahead of you. If you're in the headspace of constant why or what if, you're not going to be able to position yourself in the marketplace. You're not going to be able to to communicate clearly because you're all in your head. So initially when I started going into that place of what if we lose our business? What if we can't employ people? What if I can't pay my own bills at work or at home? I thought, you know, the pandemic is not going to be my problem right now. It's going to be my thinking that's going to take me down. So Show yourself some compassion. It's okay to be worried, but just just work through those emotions. I know Candice is going to talk a lot about about how to how to do that more specifically here in a minute. And um, the last thing is caring. So there are just so many restaurant workers in our industry who are truly suffering in every industry. that are suffering right now. So what my husband and I did is we started a fund called the Hungry Heart Restaurant Worker Relief Fund. A little bit of a mouthful, but we wanted to give back at this time. Um, now is a time to care for others, whether it's your neighbor or just your business partner, or it's the community as a whole. So we started this fund, and it's kind of a two-part um, two-part fund. One is for the restaurant workers. And the other is for the restaurant. So what we do is we raised, gosh, just under $15,000 right now in about four days. Um, We use that money to buy meals at restaurants. So we're putting cash flow into the restaurant. And then we are uh, having the restaurant give the meal for free. So the restaurant worker goes in and they say, hey, I'm here for the Hungry Heart meal. They get their meal for free. And the restaurant is able to, Get some cash flow into their business, so it's a two-part fund, and um, it's been really well received. Our community has come together. We even had a couple kids; um, their parents own a restaurant, and the kids washed seventy-two cars on Saturday for five dollars a car, and they donated all that money back to Hungry Heart. So, you know, when when you put things out into the universe that are positive like that, you can see how kindness just starts to. You know, feed off of each other. So that was really, really cool. If you want to donate, I would love for you to just $8 provides one meal for a restaurant worker in our area. You go to uh, lowcountrystrong.com and you click the donate tab, and um, you know, you can donate there. 100% of the money we raise goes right back into the restaurant worker. So, again, just as a little recap, um, my five C's to get me through this process was to collaborate with others to communicate with my staff, communicate with my family, and communicate to my customers in a positive way, to have continuity in my business, to adapt, right? Not reinvent myself, not change my vision as a business owner, but to adapt right now, to have compassion for myself, compassion for um, what it is that I'm feeling as a human being, and also to care for others. And that's it. Anyone have any questions? You know?
0: So if anybody has any specific questions, Leah, thank you. That was fantastic. If anyone yeah. has any specific questions, you can type in your question in the chat room. Leah can see that and then she can address
2: it. Thank so you.
0: I've also put the two separate links that she referenced, the www.lowcountrystrong.com. That's the foundation where you can donate time, resources, etc. And then you can also find Leah on her website at downtowncatering.com downtowncateringcompany.com using that same handle on Instagram. So Leo, just a couple of comments. Thank you for that. So it's fantastic. The five C's were brilliant and it's funny. And I think every one of the speakers who are going to be on today have relatively the same sort of message. It's not a time to curl up in a ball and use fear as a reason to stop functioning. There's a lot of information, there's a lot of disinformation circulating around the globe right now, and it's hard to make sense of what actually is the reality of it. But all we can do is stay in our lane and focus on what we can do as individuals to help the community, to help ourselves. And I love the part where you said, it's not a time to necessarily shift your business, it's time to reinvent and pivot. And that's fantastic advice for everybody. And I think that's the same message that everyone's going to talk about today.
1: We had talked about yesterday a little bit. uh, It seems like there's two types of people right now. I'm not trying to profile or categorize, but some people are just sitting and waiting it out and just, you know, almost tucking your tail and other people are running with this and making something out of it. And I'm just interested in how you, you started this so fast, you got the information and it was like, you were, off with it? Like what made you react to it so quickly and know that something had to be done rather than just sitting and waiting it out?
2: Yeah. So I, I mean, I knew that the information, I mean, you know, two days before all this really happened, it was, it was coming quickly. So I started reacting at that point. I'm not, you know, I don't really like to just wait around for things to come to me. It's just not, kind of part of my nature, I guess. So, um, you know, I started making phone calls at that moment to to vendors uh, that we work with, food suppliers. Um, you know, we didn't even know if we were going to be able to get trucks of food to be able to stay in business at, the, at that Um, moment. So, you know, calling our landlord, you know, what if we can't pay rent? What is this going to look like? Calling our bank, what is this going to look like? A lot of people weren't ready for this, but we put the information out there so at least that they knew that we were positioning ourselves for a crisis. Um, I don't know, Lisa, I just, I knew that if I waited too long, I could get run over by other people who were ahead of the curve. So I, I looked back into other ways um, in other countries that they were doing things. Um, you know, I actually have a friend over in um, Macau, Hong Kong, and she told me a little bit about what their restaurants were doing over there when they got shut down. So it's not about sitting back. You cannot sit back. You have to keep moving. Um, you have to stay ahead of the curve. And that's where the collaboration comes in, you know, talking to other people and finding out, you know, I'm working with every Restaurant and catering company in this area right now. I mean, the people who we talk on uh, text, message each other through Instagram, we're sharing information. So it's not about being a competitor, it's about collaborating and holding each other up and helping each other out. So we're even um, selling some other. Uh, restaurants, coffee shops, products through our channels to help them, you know, push more um, food out into the market. And and that wouldn't happen without collaboration and, and discussion and being humble. You know, it's okay to say that you're scared and that you don't have an answer, but unless you talk it out, if I stayed in the fetal position, because I easily could have gone there, um, I knew that nothing was going to happen and I was going to be taking down, taken down. But again, that was becoming a thinking problem for me and not a pandemic problem. I had to look at my mind and say, I could think about this, that it's going to take me down. I'm going to, you know, just get run over. I'm going to lose everything I worked so hard for. Um, But I just shifted my mindset. And I think that was the change.
1: I think, you know, the whole rising tide and the fact that too, I know that you had said before that you just, it's not just other restaurants, you re- reached out to everyone in the community and people past the community. I know you said the chamber and some mm-hmm. um, um, political people as well to to just reach out, make it happen and make it happen as fast as possible.
2: Yeah, and so they- I knew that, um, you know, just as a business leader and and being in this community for over 30 years now that I'm able to make a quick phone call or send a text to our town leaders and, and get responses from them. But I knew that other people didn't have that same access or ability to do that. So um, yes, I reached out to them and I said, hey, can you share this same information to the hospitality industry as a whole? And we set up a conference very similar to this. We had about a little over 40 business owners, restaurant owners on there. And then we also had our mayor, town managers, um, members of the chamber of commerce, um, and allow them to talk directly, uh, to the restaurant owners and give them the same information that I was getting. So it wasn't like keeping that information for myself so that I could position and, you know, and take everybody down in this moment, but it's about, it's about sharing, you know, just, just being kind and compassionate to what other people are going through and helping others.
0: Yep. It's fantastic. Thank you. It's it's community over competition. It's a, it's a common mm-hmm. phrase we're hearing a lot from people like you. So the five C's were community, communication, continuity, compassion, and caring. So that's Leah McCarthy. She's downtown catering company. Again, all of the audio and video, if we can get it up and running, will be shared with everyone afterwards, uh, as well as any questions or chat room. We're adding some links over here to the right so you can see those as well. All right. So thank you, Leah. I appreciate that time. Yeah. All right. So our next guest is David Miller. He runs Octus Advisors in Charlotte, North Carolina. And he, like Leah, has a long list of accolades. He is an investment advisor for for prior to starting his own company. He was an invest, investment advisor for Northwestern Mutual and a bunch of other uh, companies. And I'll let him talk about that. But he is uh, one of the rising stars in the investment world. He's one of the Forbes top next generation wealth advisors in 2018, as well as several other accolades that he has been handed down from Forbes. Um, I have been personally working with David for over 10 years now. And, you know, the thing I love most about David is not just the fact that he's a genius for for what he does and that he's also made me a decent amount of money, but. He has always been candid and raw in his advice, and sometimes I have these squirrel chasing ideas where I want to spend money on something or withdraw money to do something. And he, he's always kept me like the captain of a ship, just kept me on the straight and narrow, and has advised me on nothing but brilliance. And you know, looking back at what he's said to me, I'm always like, "Holy cow, how did you know that you're like a financial prophet." So anyhow, I'm really excited to have him on today because he's going to talk us through in real jargon what's actually going on. Uh, I don't believe he's going to candy coat it. He never has with me. And he's going to give us some sagely advice on how we can all navigate through all of this insanity right now, whether we're investment bankers, whether we are small business owners, whether we have small money and and nuts squirreled away with uh, various areas of of what we do. But either way, he's going to give us some information that's going to be helpful. So, David, thank you. I appreciate your time.
3: Yeah, thanks, Devo. Um, Can you guys hear me? Okay, great. I
0: can hear you David.
3: Perfect. So, you know, first and foremost, and we'll start talking about um, uh, what's going on in the markets, what's going on in small business, et cetera. But uh, and I've done a number of these talks, as you can imagine, over the last couple of months. And what I would start with is first and foremost, this is this is about humanity. Uh, This is a human issue. This is about compassion. This is about humility. Um, you know, we all don't like to see our 401k statements go down. We don't like to see uh, the markets go down. But the reality is, is that, is that people will die um, from this this virus, and that the reality is, is there are small businesses that will go to zero and not recover. Um, and, and that's that's something we all need to reflect on. Amazon will be just fine. Walmart will be just fine. Your stock portfolios will be just fine. They will recover as they always do. But there is a, a humanity issue here that. Uh, we just, we just call for compassion. And so that's important. So before we kind of get into the nuts and bolts on how we get your money back, um, I think it's just important to understand that, that your neighbor may not get his business back. The 100-year-old uh, three-generation Italian restaurant may, may not make it through this. And so that's, that's a real loss um, uh, in, in the world and in the community. So um, obviously what's happened is this is first and foremost an acute shock to the financial system. So this isn't the end of an investing cycle. This isn't a traditional recession. This isn't um, something, frankly, we see a lot. You know, the best way I could describe what's happening is it's a combination of 9-11, a combination of 2008 and 2009, and maybe a little bit of 1999, 2000, all happening at one simultaneous time. We have never had a complete shutdown of the global economy as we currently have today. So understanding that this sudden shock or stop uh, is going to impact the way we live, uh, probably for an extended period of time. The markets are dealing with that. The markets are trying to rush to price in all of this kind of carnage in the economic side. And remember, the market is a forward discounting mechanism. So it's out there trying to price in what earnings might look like. It's trying to price in what what uh, unemployment will be. All of these uh, all of these headlines were likely still to see. The market is in front of that. That's why you had actually the fastest 30% correction in the history of the stock market. Okay, so we we did something pretty spectacular. We passed a data point from 1929 in the Great Depression. We had the fastest. Uh, it was 22 days. We had the fastest 30% drop in the stock market in history. So it has been violent. It has been uh, the velocity of this has been incredible, and frankly, it's been scary. Okay, so having gotten that out of the way, I, I have a deck that's going to circulate after um, uh, after this. I-, I wanted to talk a little bit about what some of the great investors of the past have talked about during this period. And I think it's, it's important when we're scared and we're nervous and we're upset to kind of look back at history and say, you know, first and foremost, the most dangerous phrase in the world is this time is different. It's not different. Maybe the virus and, and, the, and the symptoms are different. The acute shock is different, but we've been here before, right? There's always been reasons not to invest. There's always been reasons to be scared of, of the future of what might come, et cetera. And so I always just find, find comfort in, these, in some of these words. So the first one is, you can't try and time the bottom on this. Don't try and bottom tick this. Don't try to say, well, I know it's going to fall more because data is going to get worse. That's how you lose a lot of money, okay? Uh, you, nobody is smart enough to do that. In fact, I kind of go to the great Peter Lynch, uh, who ran Fidelity Magellan for a number of years. Um, and, and he always used to say, far more money has been lost by investors trying to anticipate corrections than actually in the correction itself. And, and what that means is, is the mar- the market is impossible to time. Um, and, and trying to do so will often cost you more money than understanding that you have an allocation that your advisor has built for you or you've built for, your se- for yourself. It's based on your own individual goals and objectives, and it's designed for periods like these. So, you know, I think the reality here is that um, trying to time this market will end up costing you far more than riding through it. Um, Disregard short-term forecasts. So the father of uh, economics was John Kenneth Albright, and he used to have a saying that the function of economic forecasting is to make astrology look respectable. And so the part of that is saying that, look, you'll hear a lot of economists on TV, you'll hear a lot of people telling you they know what's going to happen. They don't. Um, the reality is the future is unpredictable. And um, they can certainly have, have uh, guesses, and, and maybe they're educated guesses, but trying to predict where the markets are headed in a short period of time um, is a fool there. And, and even the father of economics would tell you that. Uh, finally, the last one is look at this. Let's start to change the conversation. This is opportunity, right? Look, if you're in retirement, you should have you know, three to five years of, of savings tucked away in, in uh, government bonds or short-term investments that are, that are safe and secure, and, and you're, you can live on those. And if you're younger, this is opportunity, right? This is the, the market just gave you a 30% discount. Where, why is it the market the only place we never want to go shop when things are on sale? We never want to shop there when things are on sale. We're always happy to pay a premium because it feels a lot better to do that, right? But things are on sale right now, especially if you have a long-term time horizon. And so one of, one of the, the great uh, money managers of the past, a gentleman named Shelby Cullen Davis, used to say, you make most of your money in a bear market. You just don't realize it at the time. And candidly, it doesn't feel good. This doesn't feel good right now when we're about to open up 401K statements in the next couple of days, or investment statements in the next couple of days, they're going to be lower. Um, but the reality is, is that most of you, especially in retirement accounts, aren't living on these today. You have time. Time is your friend here. Um, I put together some charts that just basically talk about the perspective of where we are. So if you look at past epidemics that we have, now granted we're in a pandemic now, um, but if you look at past epidemics that we've had, the average drawdown from measles zika ebola mers uh cholera dengue fever avian bird flow which is h1n1 um, sars uh, pneumonic plague you name it the average drawdown was about 10 percent um obviously we've far surpassed that because you know candidly this is a little more serious um, but just understand that that we have had uh global acad- epidemics before and obviously this is a pandemic um, and, and a little different, but just understand we've been here before on that. Um, as I said, 22 days is, is 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 how we got this 30 30% correction. Um, just as an example, 2008 uh, actually took 250 days to see a, a, to see a 30% correction. So again, the velocity of this is what's different, not necessarily the drawdown. It's the velocity or speed. Um, understand the declines are normal. Okay, in an average year, the market from its peak during the year at some point intra-year drops 13% on average. Okay, so on average, every single year you have a 13% intra-year correction. Okay. So these declines are normal. These declines are normal. Now, granted, again, the speed of this w- was different. And um and if you look back over the last 20 years, we've had numerous 30% corrections intra-year. Um and so, again, that's, that's not abnormal. That's not abnormal. 2008, we got down to 50% intra year. So, again, some of these, we're, we're not there yet. It certainly can go lower, it certainly can get worse, but just understand that intra year, these type of corrections are a normal part of the capital market. Um, an important slide that I want you to look at when the deck gets, gets sent out is as investors, we're emotional, right? Money's emotional. It's something that um, we use to accomplish goals, objectives, take trips. It's something that we're, we're, it's not just looking at a balance. It's about what that balance can do for us, right? It can start a business, it can buy a house, it can create opportunities and lifestyle. And so when we see that go down, we get, we get upset, we get emotional about that. Unfortunately, the only way to profit from the investment process is to be unemotional about your money. Okay. Unemotional about it. And so if you look back over the last 20 years, right? The average the, the stock market has averaged about 6% a year for the last 20 years. Yet the average investor has gotten 1.9%. Stock market's done 5 or 6. The average investor's gotten less than 2 because they make very bad decisions about their money. They become emotional, right? They end up selling low because they're scared. They, they don't they don't they don't know what's going on and so they they sell out when they're most fearful and they buy in times of euphoria when everything feels good they do the complete opposite because we're wired that way right we are wired to be bad investors it's just it's human nature it's behavioral economics it's real and so just when we feel the the need to push a button to do something to take action understand that also inaction is an action okay understanding and have the confidence to say that we've been here before with, with different, different scenarios, different reasons not to invest. And I've highlighted a couple on, on one chart where it starts. At, if you look at since 1900 to today, remember the Dow, Dow Jones Industrial Average started at one. It's now at 20,000. Okay? Think about history. Think about just the last 100 years of reasons not to invest. You had the Great Depression, you had World War I, you had World War II, you had the Korean War, you had uh, stagflation, you had the Vietnam War, the Reagan era with Reagan, Reaganomics, you had Black Monday, where the stock market lost 22% in one single day. You had the Cold War, the tech boom, the global financial crisis. Just think about all these reasons you had not to invest. And yet, the trend went one way. The long-term trend of the US economy is up. The stock market is just a reflection of that, okay? The stock market is just a reflection of the global economy. Understand you're part of a process, you're engaged in a process that will create wealth.
0: Want to connect with us more? Would you like to check out past episodes? You can do so by clicking on any of the links below.
1: You can also find us on Instagram at Lisa Staff Photo and at Fusion They are also listed below. For you,
3: I've lost too much call your financial advisors. Just say, hey, look, this I can't handle this much. What, what the design of an allocation, and we call it diversification or asset allocation, the design of a portfolio is to keep you engaged in the process. We know the process is A, lifelong, right? Lifelong, and B, profitable. So keeping you exposed to it, engaged in it is, is part of our job. So if you're saying, hey, this is too much, I can't handle this much, Maybe it's an opportunity for you when we have some of these uh, these these rallies like we had last week to say, you know, Mr. Advisor, I want to I want to take 10% out of the stock market and put it in the bond market and put it in cash or put it somewhere else. It's an opportunity to reduce your exposure to that volatility. Okay, so but again, staying engaged in the process, avoiding extremes. It's never all in. It's never all out. Okay, we're never on the margin. Make changes. Never all in. Never all out. Um, one of the things we tell clients all the time, it's not timing the market. Look, I it, thank you Devo for the accolades, but they mean very little to us. Uh, what means a lot to us is that you know, in, in my business, I've never lost a client. Um, now we interview clients as they interview us, but the reality is is that people become part of our family and we're a steward of their wealth, we're a steward of, of what they've created. And um, we tell them all the time, we're not smart enough to time the market. Look, if I was, I like all my clients a lot. Um, I'd be on a boat in the Bahamas, right? I wouldn't be doing this for a living if I actually timed the market with any degree of consistency. Uh, what we tell people is it's time in the market. And if you look back for the last hundred and some years of the stock market, 73% of the time the market goes up in a, in a given year, okay? 73% of the time. Gets even better if you have a three-year time horizon, it's 83%, okay? Gets even better with a five-year, it's 87%. And 95% of the time, over a rolling 10-year period, does the market go up? That's part of a process that works. So we know that if you have, if I came to somebody, and even if they're 70, hopefully they have 10 more years to invest. Hopefully they're going to live to 85 or 90. So if I come to you and you have 10 years to invest, I know 95% of the time the outcome is going to be positive for you. Okay, so that's, that's not something I'm willing to bet against. So again, if you feel like this is a moment in time where you're saying volatility is too much for me, I'm scared, it's okay to take a little bit off the table. It's okay to take a step back, but avoid the extremes, avoid the extremes. Um, again, we've talked to clients about, look, if you're a long-term investor and you wanted to contribute money in January, you should want to contribute more money today because you just got a 30% discount. Again, very hard to do because we're wired to be bad investors. Um, And again, it makes common sense when Nordstrom's having a 30% sale, we all run out to the store. When the stock market's having a 30% sale, we want nothing to do with it, right? We run away. So again, understand with a long-term time horizon, hold your nose, keep contributing to your 401ks. You'll really like these purchases five years from now. Um, I think one of the things that we take solace is, is the recovery from this. When we have these declines like this, the average five year return coming out of one of these is close to 20% a year. So we think that again, when you remove the acute shock to the system, when you remove the virus, the economy was in good shape, right? So the economy was fine. We got whacked by what we call a black swan. Um, it's gonna be around for a while, you know, probably you know, for another couple of months. But when that's removed from the system, the beauty of a service economy like the United States has is the day that we open up for business, so to speak, we can all run out to our favorite restaurants and our favorite bars and our, we can go on jump on airplanes and go to hotels and immediately fire back up the economy, right? We're not a manufacturing economy anymore. We're a service economy, which means we can fire this thing up pretty quickly. So that's my take on the market is, is, is again, what's happened is real. It's scary. It's hit the financial system. Um, understand that that what I'll segue into small businesses is, um, the government has responded not with a bazooka but with a nuclear weapon i mean they have responded with the likes that we have never seen you have had from global central banks over 45 rate cuts so it is a coordinated effort um you have the the treasury has the treasury and the fed have expanded their balance sheet by trillions of dollars by making sure that the market works right making sure that the market's plumbing is clear um it, The Congress passed a $2 trillion stimulus package, which is almost three times the amount they passed in the the great financial crisis. So we have shot everything at this thing. And I think we'll shoot more at it. It's unprecedented from that perspective. So that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of stimulus. That's a lot of uh, fuel to the fire for when we do eventually remove this virus, whether that's through vaccine, through cure, through whatever we're going to fix. We're going to beat the virus, right? We're going to beat this thing. When we come out to the other side of it, you have enormous amounts of stimulus in the market that will help lead a, a robust and dramatic recovery. And I think the reality is, is the recovery will have the same velocity and speed at which the decline has. Okay, So um, again, hang in there. This is tough. Um, this, isn't, this isn't fun. Um, but remember the compassion and the humility is again, Amazon will be just fine. Walmart will be just fine. You know, your local, your local restaurants may not. So I'm going to pivot there to what just got passed on, uh, on Friday. So what we've been telling all small business clients is call your local banker right now. So get in line for the, um, for the payroll recovery act. So it's, uh, the coronavirus emergency loan program is run by the SBA. That was part of the, uh, the stimulus package that came on um, as a result of the House and Senate actually working together and the president signing into law. So anybody with a business under 500 employees uh, should get what their local banker to apply through this uh, SBA program because you can get completely federally backed loans. So the, the, uh, the local bank is going to give them to you. Um, but the reality of it is, is you can potentially get them forgiven, right? So this is designed to keep your payrolls where they are, um, or bring back, uh, employees that you had to furlough or let go. And if you do that, you can apply up to two and a half times your, your monthly payroll. Um, and, and if you keep your payroll, keep your staff and meet other obligations, and we're sending a flyer out about all this, uh, the SBA will forgive the loan completely. So it, it, it's, it includes sole proprietors. So sole proprietors pay themselves as well. That's part of the two and a half times payroll. Um, it, it's something that I think is designed to help us all kind of buy time to get through this. So really get with your, I, th- there's, there's gonna be enormous demand for this. There's no collateral required. There's no personal guarantee. Um, it's sign up for it. If you have under 500 people, you qualify. And again, you can get two and a half times your payroll cost uh, and you can get the loan completely forgiven uh, if if you keep your people. So I think it's something that every small business owner that has a small business under 500 people needs to get in contact with whoever they bank with, wherever your operating accounts are, wherever your deposits are, and let them know you're interested in the program. Kind of be prepared to have tax returns um, put together like a quick pro forma of your expenses, your, your revenue for them. Um, and basically apply for, for the program. And hopefully in the next, probably, they think three weeks, these loans will start to be distributed. And again, if you meet uh, meet the requirements, they'll be completely forgiven. Um, and I think, again, this is part of that lifeline to help get us to the other side of this.
0: Thanks, Dave. A couple of questions just to get a repeat on what you said. Uh, on the $2 trillion fallout, on the $2 trillion uh, relief the government set up. Do you see any fallout to that in terms of what the government is doing, what we're doing as, uh, globally as the economy for for the United States? Is there is there a negative flip side of that? I know that money is being poured into businesses and to keep the economy functioning, but what's the flip side of that look like?
3: Yeah, so the worry I think, um, the worry is obviously inflation. Um, so uh, in, inflation meaning we're, we're The government doesn't have money. Government prints money, so uh, we've just created two trillion dollars that didn't exist anymore. And the reality is, is that the fear is that that will eventually filter into the into the economy, and and obviously the dollar won't go as far. So if a candy bar costs a dollar coming into this, well now there's two trillion more dollars in the world, and that that can be inflationary. Now that candy bar costs a dollar fifty. So that I think is the fear. But the reality for me is that if you don't do this. You don't want to look at what the world's going to be. 1929 is going to be here again. Bread lines, Great Depression, 30% unemployment. That's what you'd be looking at. So I think
2: whatever we have
3: down the road may be a drawback, maybe uh, maybe an issue. But I think government had to respond and react because, in fairness, the government shut it down. So you know, I, some of you are restaurant owners. Probably on this is that you would be operating probably if you could, but you're not allowed to. So if the government shut it down for the betterment of society, the government had to do something to say, hey, we got to get you to the other side before you can open back up. The other downside is, is it's pretty politically divisive when people say, who's getting a bailout? And we use that word bailout. We don't look at it that way. We don't look at it, this is a bailout. Um, We look at this as uh, the government has said, again, for the betterment of humanity, we need to get rid of this virus And to do that we need to take draconian measures to shut down the global economy and we're kind of giving you a lifeline to get you there um and uh, that's what this stimulus package is 2008 2009 we can certainly argue is a bailout banks made very poor decisions they took too much risk they levered up uh they were lending money to people that shouldn't be borrowing and uh, they effectively were so big and so intertwined that the global economy would have would have collapsed if they hadn't been bailed out they forced the government's hand to bail them out for their risk taking. Nobody took risks. I, I see, you know, Chef Lynn, the personal chef. Um, you didn't take a risk that that you know you borrowed too much money or you did this. You were running your business. You were just fine, and this came out of nowhere. And then the government said, "Hey, no more." I, that's nobody's fault in this. There's there's no one to blame here. But the downside will likely be inflation coming down the road.
0: I had a point of clarification. You were mentioning on the SBA loan that you were encouraging us to go down to our local bankers. I heard the number of 500. Was that revenue 500 or employees 500? Can oh, you repeat so, that part?
3: Yeah, so any business with less than 500 employees qualified. Got it. And that, and includes, then, all, and that includes all so, sole proprietors, independent folks, whatever. Under 500, you qualify.
0: Does that apply for full-time employees or for companies that utilize contract service
3: or both in terms of the payroll
0: yeah so i have a lot of contractors we both have contractors (laughs) on (laughs) on our payroll we don't we only have one full-time employee so does that same situation apply for employers that are using contract labor
3: yeah, so it's FTE, uh, so full time employees, part time employees, et cetera. So on your payroll, a lot of people, are, and and so the guidelines will get uh, developed more and more, but right now we've seen them go both ways as people are, are putting their contractors on there because they're saying, hey, we'd like to keep paying these people um, versus not, which is what the government's trying to do. The government's trying to give you a do over, you know, operate as you need to operate. You can use it, so you can use the stimulus package. For rent, uh, for utilities, for payroll, um, and for paying vendors. So, you know, obviously those would be vendors. There is still some question as to the two and a half times your monthly payroll, whether that's your actual full time, part time employers, or if that's, again, independent contractors that you pay on a monthly basis.
4: Okay. Now, what it wouldn't
3: apply to is your Zoom subscription, so to speak, right?
1: Do you see any other things similar to what you're talking about or even better happening in other countries right now where they're helping out their community? Um, I know that my my son is in England and they were talking about uh, people that are on furlough just um, being able to apply and still being paid.
3: Yeah, so this has been global. Um, In in one one of the decks, we've got about five pages of stimulus efforts that the global economy has pumped into this. Everyone's a little different, right? Every country's a little different in their politics and, and how they view the world, right? So Sweden and Norway kind of lean a little more. Norway certainly leans a little more socialist. Sweden is just a high, high tax, uh, consumption tax country. So again, how they they already have a lot of free healthcare and things like that um, that, that we don't have. Um, so I, I think uh, yes, to answer your question, each country is approaching this. For the betterment of the citizens, the difference in the United States is we are very entrepreneurial. About 50% of all Americans are employed by small businesses, so this is a little bit unique to us, where a lot of uh, a lot of other countries are employed by larger businesses or the government is the largest employer. And so they're they're using kind of and by the way, we increased um, uh, the United States in that two trillion dollar stimulus package. Uh, did uh, did up um, unemployment insurance quite a bit. But yeah, other countries are using unemployment insurance as a as a driver to kind of keep people going, whereas in the United States, we just have so many small businesses.
0: Dave, I have several people asking um, some questions on this. It's obviously a hot issue. If we wanted to get more information on this SBA initiative, where would people be able to find that?
3: So I did just send um, Devo in that, uh, that pamphlet from the Small Business Administration that you can send out to everyone that outlines what you can apply for, how much you can apply for, and then what the criteria is to get the loan forgiven. Um, because I think that's an important part. Nobody wants to just go out and borrow money to borrow money. The, the caveat here is that if you keep your, your, uh, your payroll or if you've already laid people off and furloughed people, you can bring them back. Okay, so you can bring them back. Um, Or just bring your payroll back to what it was on January one, and if you do that, the loan is just completely forgiven. Um, So in the deck, and then your small whatever whoever your bankers are, wherever again, wherever your operating accounts are, um, they'll have a lot more information because they'll be coordinating with the SBA. Unfortunately, when Congress passes legislation, they don't always understand how to implement something, right? They they know what they're trying to do, but there's a lot of mechanics behind getting this done, and. The reason we're telling you all literally today, go to your banker, today, is that this money will run out. It's $500 billion, I think, is the total number, $350 billion. Um, and, and when it's gone, it's gone. Now, that doesn't mean Congress won't put more in there. But understand that your bankers are going to get overwhelmed with this because all these people are going to be flooding for these loans. And uh, they, it's not like they have more staff to deal with this, right? It's just, it's gonna, they're just going to be inundated with these requests.
0: So a lot of cities are on lockdown. Are we physically able to walk into the bank or is this something we're supposed to be get online or pick up on the phone? I know, for example, in Charlotte, I don't know if that's considered a quote unquote essential application to be on the streets. So if if we're in lockdown and we can't go to a bank, how else would we do this? Is this something we would apply for or request online?
3: Yeah, so I, if you've got if you've got the email to, to your bank um, or your banker or or a contact at your bank, Uh, you can easily just communicate via email with them about what you're doing. And and all it is, is it's literally the requirements as of right now, all the data they're collecting is your tax returns for the last one or two years. They're collecting a, uh, a, an SBA or small business administration, um, personal financial statement, which is one page. And uh, they're collecting what, what they kind of call a check the box pro forma. What are your average expenses every month? What's your average revenue every month? And, and then, um, how much you need and just kind of what your payroll is once every month and it's literally you're just certifying that that's true and then they're going to kind of take your word on it because the bank has the loan completely backed the bank will give you the loan but it's completely backed by the government so they have no default risk and then the forgiveness is just again you're gonna certify that you kept your people or prove it you know through through if you're audited you'll have you'll have a payroll receipts and things like that um, as it relates to lockdown financial services and banks are exempt. You know, so they're open, um, okay. uh, but I, I, you could pick up the phone and call them as well. I mean, it, this isn't something that you're going to need to go in person and fill out. Again, being it passed on Friday, small small banks and large banks are scrambling like crazy to figure it out. So, um, you know, they, they have the incentive to do this because their regulators are going to make them do this, but understand that they also have, you um, know, uh, they also have a challenge is they're not staffed up to deal with, a, with, with what's about to happen. So I looked at it's 350 billion is going to small businesses, but these banks are going to get inundated with these loan requests and they make no money on them. So like, there's no fees, there's no anything. And so, you know, be patient because the banks are going to be overwhelmed by this.
0: So we're going to get to Candace in a second. Thank you for your patience. And if, does anybody else have any additional questions for Dave, obviously chat them in the chat box. And I put Dave's URL in there as well. So if you wanted to check out his company, Octus Advisors, the URL is in there. And again, I am going to be distributing. He, he actually had two different slide decks that were going to be shown while he was presenting. But due to operator error over here, we were not able to get those up. So I will distribute those in a post email. So Dave, just to kind of recap, thank you, it was fantastic information. Okay, so Dave, there's a question there from Pamela uh, or a comment.
3: Yeah, she's, she's, that's dead on. I mean, that's exactly right, is that uh, most banks are trying to figure out the process. Um, But that's why we tell people go get in line, because effectively what you're telling your banker is, hey, I, you know, when you guys figure all this out, I I want, I want in, um, and I need help. And so that's why we're just telling people, look, get in line, let people know um, what that, that you let your bankers know that, you're interested, they'll tell you kind of what documents to start to gather and be ready. And then they'll tell you, they'll start to either send out blast emails or start to contact people that uh, that needed help or, or were interested in the help. And you'll already have your packet put together and you'll be ready to go.
0: So I'm wondering, in, and and I'll, we'll get to Sorry, I have so many questions. This could be an hour-long podcast with just you and everybody alone. So Dave, um, would all, would it also be advisable maybe to work through our personal uh, accountants for this sort of stuff? Would they be able to ha- help out in this capacity?
3: They may have contacts, yes. So depending on the accounting firm, everyone's kind of been drinking from a fire hose on it. Again, when Congress passes something, they pass something with the intention of good, but they don't always understand the mechanics behind it. And so that's what people are scrambling to, to kind of, to kind of figure out we've been, we've been dealing with it. Uh, the CPAs that we work with have been dealing with it. And obviously the bankers that we, we work with have been dealing with it. So yes, I mean, I always say contact everyone, just you know, contact your financial advisors, let them know, Hey, I need help. Contact your CPAs, let them know you need help and, and then contact your local bank who has your operating accounts and let them know that, that you need help. And, uh, and through one of those resources, uh, I, I think you'll probably get, get where you want to go.
0: Incidentally, for next week's show, we actually have a CPA coming online to kind of talk us through what's going on from their perspective and how to pivot and handle this with some sort of agility as well. So, Dave, thank you. Um, Just I wanted to recap. I took a couple of notes as you were talking. So um, for me, what I heard from you saying is this really this time period right now, this is the perfect storm. We have the aggregation of a bunch of the different calamities and catastrophes over the last hundred years all coming together at one time. So some of the activities that we're seeing from our local governments and from the global governments, you know, they're just trying to adapt just like we are as small business owners. And some of it might make sense. Some of it might, make work, might work. Some of it might not. Um, for me, again, you know, I gave some of your accolades at the beginning, not necessarily to gloat up, but to kind of tell you the proof is in the pudding. I've been working with you for 10 years and I know what you've been able to do. So your advice has always been sagely. So I encourage anyone who's listening to what he had to say. Um, he's usually right on top of the pulse of everything before most people are, and that's what I love most about you. Um, The other piece that I pulled from you is, you know, there's a lot of parallels for what you said in dealing with the financial systems of the world and investing and all that with with life and of itself, and we are wired for fight or flight, and so a lot of people react with fear and run from it, or they react with diligence and courage and and step into the fight and so what you're encouraging us is this is be part of the process with your investments be part of the process with your financial system and as as leah said earlier be part of the process with your business and don't run from it and utilize the resources and everything you have at your disposal including your community to to be adapted to all this so i love everything you said it was fantastic and again thank you for your time
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's dead on. That's exactly what we're telling clients is, look, remember, you have an allocation built for this. Uh, Otherwise, you just own 100% stocks. So you have an allocation built for this. We've seen times like this before. Um, Yeah, it's different, right? It is different from the standpoint of the virus. But yeah, just uh, this too shall pass. It will pass It's an acute shock to the system. It'll be painful for a while. But five, 10 years from now, It'll be a blip on the radar uh, to your investment portfolio. You'll have made all your money back. I, I think, again, it goes back to the small business side, though, is that uh, you got to fight. You got to fight the small business side. This is tough. This is, this is an acute shock and a global shutdown. We've never seen anything like that before. And so, again, that's why I say Walmart, Amazon, they'll be just fine. Uh, you're, support your small businesses. Support your local grocers. Support your local restaurants. Take, get dine out. Get carry out. do Do these things because these businesses need us now, Amazon is fine. They will be just fine. Uh, But again, your local businesses might not. And we don't want a world where your only two retailers are Walmart and Amazon. So just support, respect, help these small businesses as much as we possibly can, because they are the lifeblood of kind of the American dream.
0: Thanks, David. Okay, so this was originally slated for an hour, but uh, again, this could go for several. So I appreciate everyone's time. And if uh, we invite you to obviously stay on, we're not gonna end this. Um, So our next guest I'm excited to bring on, her name is Candace Blair and she like David has a financial background. I was introduced to Candace through Lisa and she is a former investment banker. She worked in Zurich and London on the trading floor uh, for 20 years and kind of a big deal. And decided after a while, through her own personal practice, in order to manage her stress and to increase the efficacy of what she was doing in her corporate life, she started turning to more holistic measures: yoga, meditation, and now she plays she plays bells. And she had, if you joined us on our silent minutes last night, she has this giant gong that she that she uses. But
1: fantastic gong ceremonies.
0: Yeah, she's fantastic. And so I've had the pleasure of getting to know her over the past week. Uh, on a more intimate capacity through our silent meditations every night. But she's gonna come on, her name is Candice Blair. And if I don't have any technical difficulties, I'm gonna bring her in right now. But she is gonna talk to us on how to deal with uncertainty, kind of like Leah and David did, the uncertainty of the times. And what happens is that fight or flight response that's intrinsically part of us as humans, we either run from the bear or return and face the bear. And she's gonna teach us how to use internal tools and techniques. Meditation and yoga, how, and how to manage that stress effectively. So, I'd like to welcome Candace. Hopefully, a bri- there she is visually.
4: <laughs> so, Can you hear me?
0: Leah, I'm sorry we could not get you on, Leah, visually, but I'm glad that we had David and Candace on. So, welcome, and the, the floor is yours.
5: Wonderful. Can everyone hear me? Are we good with the audio? Fantastic. All right. So, so nice to see everyone. I mean, what two amazing speakers I have to say. Wow, with David, that was. So incredibly clear and concise, and I don't know about you, but I do feel a little bit better um, about that financial uncertainty right now, at least some wonderful guidelines how to manage this. But if we look at even what, what Leah and David have said, both of them are being able to take uncertainty, be it in the markets, in their business, find kind of some clarity and focus and find a direction and I think kind of what I would like to bring is how do we do that on a personal basis so much of what we're going through this uncertainty causes us to be reactionary so think about just in the past three or four weeks everyone's our lives have been kind of thrown up into disarray whether it's financially, our home life, our businesses, Um, and, and this is like an entire new way of living and looking at the world, and as humans, we really thrive on consistency. We like to have our schedules and our plans, and what's happened is that this unknowing, these uncertain times, which is really slated to continue, can have a really heavy impact on us mentally emotionally and psychologically because we're really in a state of imbalance and i think what's been happening the last couple of weeks i mean it's been very itchy and scratchy you know like people haven't known how to react we're waiting through news um and because our natural reaction to uncertainty is to get defensive we're a little bit scared we're anxious um we don't always make the best decisions. And even though we might have this kind of unprecedented pre- unprecedented amount of free time, we may not actually, one, know what to do with it, or two, be like ready to get off the wheel yet. We're kind of holding on to this older way of life. And what I wanna to talk to you about today is how we can maybe embrace this new normal to give you some tools to allow you to come a little bit back into center yourself so that you can calm that mind, step into the heart space so that you can make those decisions. As David said, financially, we we are emotional people, particularly when it comes to our money. This is our livelihood, you know, Chef Lynn, myself, like, you know, we're not working right now. A lot of people have been thrown off course. And so what I think is so important is to make this shift is to allow yourself to feel. People are being so judgmental, like, "Oh my gosh, I'm staying at home. I'm, I, I don't feel great. I'm tired. I'm seeing all of these other people going out and being, you know, super performers. But I just feel like curling up. It's okay to curl up in bed. It's okay to just breathe. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to be overly emotional. I mean, this is unprecedented. This is an entirely new." life. So I just want to say like allowing yourself to feel is the first thing. Two, I think that we need to make a commitment to ourselves. I'm really hoping even though this is all there's so much fear and anxiety, but I'm actually hoping that this what's happening now is a catalyst for a real shift in consciousness. And this can happen if we own this situation and we start to see the benefits over the burden, we have to see the opportunities rather than the fear, and I know that that can be challenging. We're honestly, I was thinking about it this morning. This is not just us facing, you know, anxiety, depression. It's it's a fear of death for this affecting our families, our friends. Um, you know, this is it's a very scary time. So, how can we come back to ourselves so that we can see the silver lining? Um, and I think. It's really time to come together as a community, yes. But to do that, you have to show up for yourself first. So I want to show you a couple of ways that I can help you. You can help yourself, really, to show up for yourself, to give yourself a little bit more of a calm mind, to give yourself that calmness in your heart so that you can make good decisions, so that you can um, kind of get back into control um, of your person, and have a little more emotional balance, so that you can take that step forward into this new world order. Um, and so, I just really, my my key things are stop. You got to get off the wheel. You need to stop. You can. I think everyone, honestly, I get upset about this. So I'm going to be pretty passionate. You can take three minutes every day to do something. If you can't, you can at least Joan Devo and I for one minute meditation at 9 p.m. I mean we have so much time right now but it's it's starting a new program setting yourself up get up in the morning put aside 3 minutes i cannot tell you how much of an impact it can have on your day to wake up sit down on a mat in a chair straight spine take a breath listen to your breath set an intention for your day what do you want to work on that day i'd like to be more calm I'd like to be more passionate, um, compassionate. I'd like to have more patience. You know, today I'm going to take an, a four-hour nap and I'm not going to give myself a hard time about it. And set your intention, give yourself a direction for the day. All right. So um, that's really then we can step forward. So what I wanted to introduce you to. Is this magnificent meditation called the Kirtan Kriya? And in the paperwork that you get afterwards, I'm gonna send you over the instructions for it, but I wanted to just practice it for four minutes because everyone can do it. Um, one of the things I will say that people tell me so often is I can't meditate, you know, and particularly in these trying times, let me tell you, sitting silently without having any thought next to impossible do not judge yourself this is also about lacking judgment and critiquing yourself you are not sitting on a mountain in the middle of nepal and we have over 40 to sixty thousand inputs of information a day so give yourself the tools to meditate this is mantra and mudra we're going to do that today all right so what we're going to do, it's the Kirtan Kriya. This meditation is recommended by the Alzheimer's Research and Development Clinic for everyone who wants to improve their cognitive brain activity. So it is wonderful for calming the brain, cooling the brain, allowing you to have some mental clarity and focus, and also enhancing your mood. Super powerful meditation. So you want to bring your hands up. All right. So your hands are up. This is your acting Palms here. All right. I I love seeing you guys meditate with me. All right. Now we're going to use what is called mantra. We're going to say these words as we move our fingers. That's mudra. It's sa as our thumb and index finger come together. Ta, that's thumb and middle finger. Na, thumb and index finger. Ma, thumb and pinky finger. That literally means infinity, life, death, and rebirth. It's the cycle of life. The mudras. Hey, can you repeat
0: those? Candace, oh, will sure. you repeat those for me? I'll put them on the screen here so everyone can say them.
5: Absolutely. So, Tha, Sa, s a, ta, t a, na, n a ma. And that's infinity, life, death, and rebirth. Now, the mudra, these thumb positions, also mean something. knowledge, wisdom, vitality. Communication. This will be on the sheet. You don't have to worry about that. But we're going to close our eyes and we're going to be chanting. First, we're going to chant in our normal voice. Then we're going to use a whisper. We'll go silent where you chanted in your brain. Then we go back the other way. I'll guide you. And just close your eyes now and just tune in to how you are feeling. Take a couple of nice deep breaths in through the nose out through the nose feel the coolness of the breath coming in feel the warm breath coming out and on this next inhale before we begin see your breath like white golden light coming in through the nose and filling you up When you exhale, let's sigh. It's like any stress or strain is being released. Ah, Just making that sound can have an impact on your nervous system. One more time. Inhale. (sighs) Exhale, release. Ah. Now, let's go ahead and begin with
4: our meditation and mantra. Sa, ta. NA. MA. SA. 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 TA. NA. Ma, now a whisper. Sa, ta, na, ma. Sa, ta, na, ma. Sa, ta, na, ma. Sa, ta, na, ma. Sa, ta. Sa, ta,
5: na, ma. Now silently continue with the finger movements, but chant to yourself.
4: Back to a whisper. Sa, ta, na, ma. Sa, ta, na, ma, sa. Sa Ta na ma sa ta na ma sa ta na ma sa ta na ma. Let's finish in our louder voices sa ta na ma sa ta. Na ma sa ta na ma sa ta na ma sa ta na ma sa, ta na ma one more sa ta na. Ma. Bring the hands
5: into prayer pose, and then just take a deep inhale in. Hold the breath at the top. Release the breath with a sigh, and staying in this posture with that clear mind, maybe focusing where your hands connect to your heart. Think about the intention you want to set for the day. One word, it's usually the first one that comes to you. What
4: would you personal mantra?
5: And now take an inhale, hold the breath, plant your tongue at the roof of the mouth and repeat that word, your mantra to yourself over and over again. We're planting it in the conscious and the subconscious mind.
4: Release the breath, release the tongue. I'm
5: gonna do that one more time. Inhale, tongue to the roof of the mouth. Convince yourself this is our direction for the day. And then release down. Can drop the hands into the lap. And I invite you to notice, you know, how do you feel? Maybe a little bit more settled. And throughout the day, perhaps you can take the opportunity. If you if you feel unsettled or you feel that anxiety is rising, you know, put your hands on your heart for a moment. Connect with yourself and come back to your mantra. And there really are fantastic ways to come back to center and it can be meditation. It can be through yoga. You can draw, you can journal. Um, There are so many different wonderful ways, but take those three minutes for yourself every day and allow yourself some time to feel into this new situation without judgment. I think you'll find you'll be able to ride the waves um, a lot more centered and, and with a lot more compassion for yourself.
0: No, no, Candice, thank you. That's brilliant. And so I couldn't go without saying something, right? I have to say something here. So.
1: Can I just say something first? <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: He doesn't know how to do it silently in his mind. I could still hear him. So here's <laughs> I a, here's. It. <laughs> <laughs> I can still hear you. <laughs>
0: So here's the thing. I've been meditating (laughs) meditating for a few years now, actually six. And it wasn't really until the last year or so that I really, if there's such a thing, which there isn't, got the hang of it. And I really want to drive your point home about meditation. So every one of us, most of us, are fit and healthy conscious physically. We take time to play, do yoga. We take time to play soccer, go to the gym, work out our muscles, ride our bicycles, run on the treadmill, all these different things. And we hear about, especially during this corona craziness, we hear stay fit, exercise, because it fights off. It You know, the, the fitter you are, the healthier you are, the more immunity you have in terms of recovery, right? So, but what I think a lot of people forget about is there is another side of health, and that is the mental spiritual side of things, which is your heart and not really your mind, but your heart and your mind. And if you can't devote 10 minutes a day, how can if you can devote an hour to do an online yoga class or if you can spend an hour at the gym or spend, in my case, playing soccer, not anymore, but, you know, I play soccer, 90-minute soccer game, but I can't take the time to take 10 minutes to just be by myself in complete solitude and quiet. And even if you don't call it meditation, even if you call it whatever you want, just scientifically sit. There's evidence that shows just sitting in silence of of being with yourself and doing nothing and just trying to focus on putting everything else aside. Your cell phone, your social media, your scrolls, your emails that you have to get to all the different things that inundate your day. And that's part of the problem with why we are. We have so many mental issues today is because we have so many things going on. We're constantly chasing something. We've never just stopped doing everything and just be by ourselves. And that to me has been the, the, and there's nothing to accomplish. I think everyone thinks that we have to accomplish something. I have to walk out of this meditation, feeling something. And you don't, it's just a matter of doing nothing for 10 minutes for, for whatever amount of time you choose. Right.
5: And and maybe that's the time when you just feel, feel the fear, feel scared, feel annoyed, you know, like it, it, I, it just, this is such an unprecedented opportunity for everyone to take that time. We have the time to start a daily practice and to feel the benefits because I know Devo, you and I were talking about like You know, yes, it does take a couple of, you know, the more you practice, the more benefits, but I mean, just stopping for those three minutes and setting an intention, it's going to have an impact on your day. So like, please, I challenge you just see what happens. You can write me back if nothing, (laughs) if nothing comes of it. But I mean, I think you'd be shocked how quickly just, yeah, those 10 minutes a day. And, and if you really think about it, if you can't set aside that time for yourself, then that in that, 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 that is a problem. You, you deserve this time. You deserve this time to honor your heart and your mind and your spirit. And I agree, like physical activity is so important. This is shifting energy, but all you have to do really, there's so much amazing stuff that's online right now. Like people are sharing, like I've never seen before. You can, you can find something that resonates with you. And just myself and Kundalini, we have 9,000 different sets. Like if you want to message me, we'll find a meditation that'll work for you. Like, you know, whether it's calming the heart, de-stressing the mind, like, you know, working on patience. I mean, there are so many different things that you can do. So don't get frustrated. If you can't immediately sit in silence you know, find another way. Um, you know, we see people. You can rake in sand. You can make a mandala. You can get out your coloring book. But take the time to to quiet the brain and drop in and 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 just have a sense of of how you feel. Because I think that's how we not only navigate this uncertainty, but we actually evolve from it. And and I really, I'm really hopeful. And I know we do this in the the nine p.m. one minute meditation. We're sending out healing for what's happening now, but the goal is also to raise the consciousness. We want, like you want to elevate your vibration so that you can lift people around you. And I think that's just essential.
0: Yeah, and I guess the, the thing that I really heard you saying, and for some reason your camera's dropped off on our side, so I hope you can hear me. I can. Don't, don't have an expectation Can going into your meditation or or your quiet time. Don't expect to just come out of your 3 minutes and and have a a feeling of euphoria per se you might but don't have an expectation of that right it's it's just about being with yourself and it's kind of a compounding residual effect that over time if you take the moment of peace to be by yourself over time you'll suddenly just start to notice that it. it's not like we always have we, we're so action oriented and so result oriented we think that by doing X, we'll get Y. And, and with meditation, that's not what's the case. It's more of a residual impact. Would you agree with that?
5: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I, I think that you, if, if somebody, Laura just put up a great comment. It's called practice for a reason. Practice makes progress. Absolutely. Like, you know, I say people, they can't, they can't meditate. And I said, well, I can't run a marathon. This is like, you know, you learn and you find what works for you, but don't be put off either just to sit down and, and, and it's again, that lack of judgment. Don't be so hard on yourselves, no matter what you're doing, like see what comes up. It's kind of an exciting experiment. What's in the mind. If you give it, you know, you're, yes, we're supposed to like, let the thoughts pass like clouds. Well, you know what? My thoughts always don't pass like clouds and it's not always unicorns. You know, it's like, there's a lot of tough stuff that comes out of this. So I think allowing yourself to just not have that, not have that judgment, and and just see what happens. Make it a wonderful experiment of what happens if I get to know myself a little better.
0: Okay. And I put a note up on the chat board over there. So if you want to hear more of Candice's brilliance, you can join us every single night on my Instagram channel, which is Fusion Photog. It's in the chat room. But Candice leads us in the silent minute, and then she takes us through a three to four minute meditation kind of like what she just did and shows us some of the very variety of techniques she also plays instruments she uh does her own interpretation of mary poppins dick van dyke uh, playing <laughs> golf and bells and all sorts of different things and it's fantastic and really invite you to join us for that candace thank you it's been brilliant and david thank you leah thank you it's been fantastic i hope all of you that were online thank you first of all for joining Please share this with your friends, with your family. We're going to try to do this every single week. Next week, um, we have a soft commitment from... Uh, another meditation holistic healer. Um, We have a CPA coming online and we also have another woman coming online who's going to talk to us about finding your true self in your career and in your life and what really empowers you to kind of do the things that make the most sense for you and going to talk us through. She has her own proprietary techniques and her own books that she's written and she's going to talk us through all of that. That's the soft uh, lineup. Um, we will, we have recorded all of this, right? Absolutely. And we're going to share this with everybody who's been online afterwards. Lisa and I were actually had a, had our own presentation deck that we were going to do, but we're already an hour and a half into this. <laughs> so we're going to re we're going to stop the conference here. So everybody can get about their day and we're going to record that offline in a separate uh, podcast, if you will. And then we'll share that in the distribution when we, when we forward this out to everyone else. And what we were going to talk about is, pivoting your business and reorganizing during this period, utilizing social media strategically so that you can build something online, whether it's a podcast like this, or maybe it's a shift in your business model so that you can sell online or whatever it is you might do. And we're going to show you some techniques using social media to do that. And we'll record that separately and and share it with you offline.
1: I love the collaboration of everyone here today, taking the time and covering what we've been talking about is mind body business, which you know, it it results in, it's always on our minds, isn't it? And any way that we can add to that, that we can educate ourselves makes us better humans and better people.
0: Okay. Everyone. Thank you. Candace. Thank you. Leah. Thank you, David. Thank you. And hopefully you all join us again next week. We will have the technical difficulties ironed out. I promise you, and we will be working night and day and, and meditating to get this sorted out. So thank you everyone. Have a fantastic day and a fantastic week. Thank you for listening to Connect, Collaborate, and Create. We hope you enjoyed the show. If
1: there's a topic you would like to discuss, want to be our guest, or have any helpful comments,
0: feel free to drop us a line below. We would love to
4: hear from you. Thanks again. Have a fantastic day.